Welcome to the Sherbourne podcast. It's the third week of the coronavirus lockdown. Sherbourne is staying at home. Early morning, without the drone of traffic pounding through town on Cold Harbour. How is Sherbourne coping with COVID-19 as the Easter weekend approaches? You name it, we get the weirdest requests and there hasn't been one that we haven't managed to uh, accommodate yet. One of the steepest learning, learning curves I've ever, I've ever ridden. Coronavirus is like, you know, that's, that's nothing compared to what, what's going on in my life. The weather for the Easter weekend looks like being fine and warm, with temperatures in the high teens and even 20s for Good Friday, with a small chance of showers later in the weekend and becoming cooler on Easter Monday. But everyone is being urged not to be tempted to go outside to enjoy the spring-like weather. Being forced to stay at home is stressful, and for some it can become unbearable. The Samaritans are continuing to operate their phone lines despite the crisis and having fewer volunteers available to talk to callers. Faye Dimdor from the Yeovil and Sherbourne Samaritans says they've never been busier. We're always very busy. So as far as I'm concerned, I go in and whenever I switch on the, on the phones, um, there's a call ready and waiting. So um, I think, you know, we're, we're always experiencing a lot of calls. Um, what we've got at the moment is some of our volunteers are self-isolating. But um, it's probably the same number of calls, but we're we're stretched um, for, for volunteers, but we are still round the clock answering calls um, and um, maybe people might have to wait a little bit longer, but we're just saying, you know, please hang on. We are definitely there for you. It must be difficult for people who feel isolated and alone um, to be told they can't go out and meet people. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's difficult for all of us and we're definitely all of us. Um, in the same boat and if you've got you know anything going on in your life as well it's going to be even more difficult but even if normally you don't suffer from any kind of depression or whatever just being asked to stay in is is a really difficult thing to do um and you know we're social creatures aren't we and we like we like to have contact with people so it's um, it, it's almost normal for us to feel a little bit low for not having contact with people. Um, and that's why we're saying, you know, it's really important to try and keep up those social connections in whatever way, you, you know, fits for you. Um, you need to reach out and talk to people um, just to have a chat, just to keep that contact up, um, but also to try and be there to listen to them because they'll be going through the same thing as you. Has the way you operate changed because of the, the virus? You say some people are, are self-isolating and not able to, 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 to volunteer with you. Um, well, the way, the way we work is our centre is in Yeovil. So we've all, we are kind of, um, uh, the, way, the way that we work is that we go to that centre um, so we're not taking phone calls from home um, and we always work in pairs. So obviously we, um, the people that are not, uh, that are being very strict about so, um, self-isolating need to stay at home, which is why there are less of us. Um, but we have been deemed a critical service. So those of us who can um, go in and, and take calls as normal and then we just take a lot of precautions to look after ourselves um, in terms of, you know, keeping distance from our partner that we're working with and being you know, super, super careful about 
washing our hands when you go in and things like that. So in the same way that, you know, nurses look after themselves. Um, but then we're actually, um, we're ensuring there are particular hours that we as a branch are covering so that between us and the other branches in the Southwest and across the whole of the UK, we're all making sure that we're covering critical hours. And a lot of those critical hours can be, you know, in the middle of the night. Um, so those are our priority hours. So so there have been changes and adjustments, um, but we're, we're kind of carrying on and taking our calls. Do, do you find that many people are calling you just because of the virus or perhaps they would have called you anyway? I think a lot of them would have called us anyway, um, but it's it's a background to everything in the same way that it's a background for you and me. It's just like it's there in our face and it's really difficult to get away from. So, um, yeah, I think I, I would say it's more people um, who might have called us anyway, but this is sort of so, so say say you were somebody who who found, um, you know, just 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 found life difficult. It's going to be even more difficult. Um, so th those sort of people are calling, and then then other people are calling, um, and um, it's not even mentioned. And that's perhaps because whatever's going on in their life is is so huge that coronavirus is like you know that's that's nothing compared to what what's going on in my life so it's a big it's a big mixture it is a big mixture we've seen some pretty harrowing scenes on tv news particularly in the last couple of days mm. of doctors and nurses under considerable stress does that add generally to people's sense of unease um i don't think i've talked to people about on that sort of level really i mean i don't think i think there's a general uh, people often say and we often say to each other don't we oh my god i you know i can't watch too much news um, and I mean, I personally wouldn't, I, I try not to look at the news more than once a day because it just drives you down and it, it's just not something you want wall to wall, but that's, you know, that's me personally. So what um, can people do to feel less alone? Well, I mean, we're, we're, we're sort of making various suggestions and I, I think you've, you've obviously got to do what works for you because everybody's isolation is going to be slightly different, isn't it? I mean, there might be. You might be somebody who is literally isolated and completely on your own, or you might be trying to work from home and homeschooling, um, and um, or you might be looking after somebody who's very vulnerable and elderly. So the amount of time, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on about, oh, we've got so much time. But actually, I think some people are finding it really, really difficult to, to find time. So I think it's about trying to find something that, that works for you. Um, I think where you don't have a routine, a routine is really helpful. Um, and but the, but the basics of that routine are things like sleep and eating, and that those are the things that you know really really important. But then there are the things that are just going to keep you sane, and that might be making sure at least once a day you have a phone call or a video link or something with somebody with the outside world. Um, or a text with friends and again that can be very overwhelming I mean everybody's trying to reach out and sometimes you need a little bit of a space within your day where you don't look at your phone and so on so you might decide that actually my day needs a quiet moment where there isn't any contact so it might be the opposite of, of reaching out so try to find what's right for you 
Um, I think the other thing is, I think we've become sort of shrunk and shrunk, shrunk down to our local locality in a, in a quite positive way. Um, and things like your podcast um, and stuff that's going on very locally is actually suddenly really important. And, and that's making people feel slightly more connected with their local community. So like little, little WhatsApp groups in streets and villages. Um, and th those are things that are really kind of amazing. And, you know, through local radio and local podcasts and Facebook groups, you can really feel, I mean, I've discovered some things that are going on locally that I had no idea that were happening. Exercise, everybody knows that that's really helpful, but it's really difficult sometimes. You just don't want to do it, but getting outside get that fresh air that you can have but also stuff inside there's a, so many online stuff um you know I, I, a friend of mine sent me a 20 minute pilates thing it's taken me two weeks to do it but having done it i feel so much better so i'm feeling very proud of myself because i did that um but equally i mean the thing that i feel really strongly about and i would say to any caller was to to be kind of kind to yourself because you're not always going to manage to do this, to make your routine or to do your exercise. And, um, you know, I think there's sometimes some days where you just have to let it go and say, OK, well, today didn't work very well. I'll start again tomorrow. Might be difficult to find some me time though within a house full of people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then I guess that's particularly with um, young kids. I think that's quite stressful. You know, people aren't... <laughs> especially people working are, are not, um, you know, they're, they, they're not teachers. Um, they're, you know, the reason people do different things and to find yourself homeschooling your kids, I think is, is extremely stressful. Um, and that's puts pressure of all kinds on you and your relationship and trying to keep work going. I think those, those kind of instances are, are really, really difficult. Um, so just making that time, a little tiny bit of space, even just doing like a little breathing exercise so that you kind of breathe in for four seconds, hold your breath for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, wait another four seconds and then repeat. If you can do that in te for 10 minutes, just to kind of calm, calm, that would be, that's very helpful as well. Faye, if somebody needs the Samaritans, how do they get in touch? Well, our, our national number, which is a free phone number, is 116123. So it's really, really simple. 116123. And they're very, very welcome to, to give us a call at any time. And how can people help the Samaritans during this emergency? Um, they can help us. We've actually got, I haven't got it in front of me, but online there is an emergency appeal because um, a lot of our funding is is being challenged because a lot of um, Samaritans have shops and um, sort of thing, things that are having to shut down. So there is a there is an appeal. So if people wanted to support us, they'd be very welcome. And, and that's on the Samaritans website. Um, and the other thing people can do is, is just just be a little bit aware of, on behalf of other people and, and, and give people a listening ear. Um, you know, it's a two-way thing. There's kind of listening 
and there's talking to people and sometimes you need to be in, in listen and receive mode and, and not and just sort of try and um, step back from yourself a little bit which is sometimes really difficult um, and, and listen to the other person. Faye thank you very much. Faye Dimdor from the Yeovil and Sherbourne Samaritans. You can reach someone to talk to on 116123 at any time for free and if you want to help their emergency appeal, the details are at samaritans.org. Faye mentioned her Pilates lesson. The ban on meeting in groups has meant lots of us have had to learn new ways of working, and very quickly. Lucy Pollard is a Pilates teacher in Sherbourne, and she's adapting to life online. I teach Pilates in two different forms. I teach remedial Pilates, and that's helping people who have a, a problem, say, with a uh, a lower back injury or an ongoing uh, low back problem. Uh, people are coming back from surgery after having a hip or a knee replacement. So very much sort of on the orthopedic side. And I also teach reasonably dynamic Pilates classes um, under the umbrella of fitness Pilates. It's um, embracing all the traditions, or um, the traditional Pilates moves, but um, applying modern thinking and modern um, research to those traditional moves and uh, it's been getting me amazing results with my clients and uh, and they love it and I love teaching it and uh, that that's basic basically it in a nutshell. Uh, where do you usually do it? Um, if I'm teaching my classes I'm teaching in and around the community so I'll hire a village hall or I, I teach a, a class at Tinney's Lane Youth Centre, uh, I hire the studio uh, up at the Oxley Sports Centre I use the upstairs room at the Digby Memorial Hall. So um, I'm teaching in and around the community and then also going into people's homes if they want one-to-one -one work or if they've got a little private group. So very much based on personal contact face-to-face. -face. Very, very much so, yes. And um, word, it's a word-of-mouth business for me. Uh, a lot of my colleagues do use um, Instagram and Facebook, but I found that certainly in the... In the community around here that's sort of a slightly older community um, word of mouth is key and also uh, you know if you're producing results and people are, are loving coming to you and finding that their bodies are moving better uh, they're going to stick with you and they're going to tell their friends about it so now we're all confined to our houses it must have been very difficult what are you now doing oh my goodness well uh two weeks ago i never made a video i didn't know what an external hard drive was um I'd never even heard of Zoom. I'd, I'd just about heard about conference calling, but that was for something else. That was for people who you know, sit in offices in London somewhere uh, and want to connect with their Sydney counterparts or whatever. So um, I started by making videos. And actually, I had an aptitude for that. I found that I could make a video with very little editing required. And that was, that was a relief. So I wasn't spending too long with that. But my biggest, biggest problem was when the, the technology that I was embracing started to let me down, um, particularly in my little street. Uh, I've got just the worst um, internet uh, broadband speeds, uh, I think, in the whole of um, Sherbourne, actually. Um, and my upload speeds are, are, are pitiful. Uh, I don't know why, because the road at the top of my street and then the road at the bottom of my street, they've got uh, super fast broadband, but but somehow they didn't um, do our street at all. So I've been slightly tearing my hair out, sort of trying to upload my videos onto YouTube, 
so that they're in an accessible form for me to send to my clients in my traditional form of communicating with them um, using email. And then they can uh, click on the links and, and, and do the videos at home. So that's, that's how I started. And so how, how, how did you come across the technology? How did you learn about it? Um, I, I've got some very understanding people around me. Um, um, my partner was very unfazed by all this and, and helped me set up. And he, he's been amazing and uh, um, managed to sort of keep, the, keep my tantrums uh, <laughs> at bay by being very calm about it all. Uh, I've got a lovely chap called um, Matt from MyTab who um, used to be Sherbourne based, is now up in Tewkesbury, but he, he's my IT guy and he works remotely with me. So he, um, he, he helped me as well. Um, my daughter's been amazing. Um, there's been a lot of eye rolling, but she's been incredibly, incredibly helpful um, in just uh, making this whole process go a little bit more smoothly. And I've just been learning. It's been fantastic. I've absolutely loved it. And I've loved being able to, to get, um, uh, to get my, um, my Pilates or my classes, you know, two people. And they, they've absolutely loved being able to keep moving. What's been the reaction from your clients generally? They have been amazing. I mean, really amazing. And when I moved across to Zoom, which was the um, one of the steepest learning learning curves I've ever I've ever ridden, um, uh, they they embraced it too. I mean, most of my clientele are around my age, around the sixty mark and possibly older. When I normally teach, I'm in a I'm in a room with people and I'm able to guide them, and I can go and sort of. Uh, just guide them into the correct position if they're not moving quite as well as they should be. Um, but I can't do that when I'm spouting into a screen. Um, and when I'm teaching, they see a big picture of me as the instructor. And I see um, a little grid with uh, their, um, their, their little, tiny, little tiny video with each of them on my screen. And they're all equal sizes. They're in a grid. And if you have too many people, you can't see what they're doing and how, uh, and if they're working correctly. And also, I have to stand quite far back from my uh, MacBook in order uh, for them to be able to see me and, and to see all the moves and the whole of my body um, as I'm uh, showing them the moves. So I do tend to come forward once I've got them moving uh, and I can examine and, and verbally correct them. But it's very difficult if you've got too many people in one group. If you've got sort of about 20, you're, you're, you're my eyesight's not brilliant, and you're peering at these tiny little videos of everyone, which you can spotlight and highlight, but you have to be very quick on it. I think probably keeping the uh, the numbers limited and maybe doing more classes with um, maybe a limit of, say, 12 per per class is probably um, is probably good, uh, you know, a good top number, 12, I would say. So if anybody wanted to join one of your classes, how would they go about it? Uh, the best thing is to uh, have a look on my website. So if you Google Lucy Pilates Sherborne, that's that, those are the three keywords I decided I would have used if I was trying to find me. Um, they'll find my website and there are details of my classes there. And um, uh, if people want the video option, uh, that's, uh, that's there as well. They can just contact me using the contact number or my email address and I'd be delighted to, to chat to them and uh, sort something out. I think a really important um, part of all this is uh, being able to maintain people's sense of community. Because we have to self-isolate, because when we walk down the street and you see somebody, you have to cross over to the other side, um, 
we've completely lost um, that sense of community of, of coming together. And I think what the Zoom classes have enabled is, is for, for particularly my classes, as they are at the moment in their existing form, um, is the people who see each other once a week, they can come in and, and they can join the class at the beginning and they can all have a chat to each other and see each other you know, on the screen, much as I see them on the screen. And uh, just being able to have a really good gossip for a couple of minutes before we start and again at the end, I think that is... Um, that's absolutely vital. But the rest of us confined to the house, we need Pilates. Oh, we do, we do. I mean, Pilates is um, one of those exercise forms that I always think should be in addition to whatever you do. I mean, I have a chaps class on a Saturday morning. And again, I've taken this one um, online and uh, they've, they, they've, a lot of them have come along and they've struggled a bit with the technology. Some of them and some of them are way ahead of me on the technology because they use Zoom for their meetings. Pilates actually all started from somebody in an internment camp, so not unlike what we're experiencing now. Uh, you have been doing your homework. Yes, it's a chap called uh, Joseph Pilates who was a, a, a German national and he was interned on the Isle of Man during the uh, First World War and devised a series of 35 basic exercises that he did in his cell. Um, and those are, the, those are still the 35 basic mat exercises that we Pilates teachers uh, use now. I mean, there's been a lot of um, research into how the body works since, um, you know, since he devised them. And this is, you know, this is the First World War um, that he was um, that he devised them. So they really stood up; it stood the test of time. Um, uh, and but, quite appropriate for what we're going through now. And so appropriate for what we're going through now. Um, actually, I, I, I do laugh a little bit because I do have one of the smallest houses in town and uh, just having to sort of shift furniture and, and, and make the space so that I can move. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it really concentrates the mind. But uh, it is, uh, the, the moves are sort of the, the test of time and I've done a lot of um, uh, courses over and above the traditional Pilates moves that have helped me understand better how the body works. I've done a lot of um, you know, orthopedic uh, courses so that I can help people uh, coming back after um, after injury or after surgery and uh, I do get people coming to me from physios or physios referring people to me uh, if they need uh, remedial work and just to get their, their their bodies and their limbs and their joints and their muscles stronger and fitter and, and more flexible again. So do you think there's an online future for you? I think there is. Uh, I was thinking about it um, this morning, actually. Um, I, there's nothing that beats face to face. There really isn't. Um, but this is a very, very good second best. Um, and having mastered Zoom, which I'm very proud that I've been able to do after sorting out um, the glitches, uh, I think that I could be teaching people a, a, you know, much further afield. I've got friends who live in you know, all around the United Kingdom and in Australia who said, oh, please, can I join one of your Zoom classes? Well, of course you can. I mean, there's absolutely no reason why you can't if you sign in at the right time. I mean, and that's the, that's the amazing thing about, uh, about uh, this modern technology. It is just wonderful, and I really love using it. And I think when everything goes back to normal, I think I will, be, I will use a combination of, of, um, of, of live classes and, and online classes. Lucy Pollard. And if you'd like to join Lucy's Pilates class, it's lucypollardpilates, all one word, dot co, dot uk. This is the Sherborne Podcast. 
and how Sherborne is coping with COVID-19. Next, an update on how Sherborne's independent businesses and our neighbours working together through the Sherborne Viral Kindness Group are coping with coronavirus three weeks into the crisis. This is a vital update from the government about coronavirus. To help save lives, stay at home. Anyone can spread coronavirus. Only leave your home for the following reasons. To shop for basic necessities. To pick up medicine or to provide care to those who need it. To exercise once a day, alone or with members of your household. Only travel to work when you absolutely cannot work from home. If you have to go out for any of these reasons, always stay two metres apart. Do not meet others outside your household, even friends and family. Stay home. Protect the NHS. Save lives. You're listening to the Sherborne Podcast. Hundreds of small acts of kindness have been carried out by businesses and townspeople helping their neighbours who are unable to get out and carry on as normal during the stay-at-home restrictions. Some especially vulnerable people have been told to stay in their homes for 12 weeks. That means they have to stay behind their front doors for at least another nine weeks, more than two more months. Let's catch up with Jules Bradburn and find out how Sherbourne Viral Kindness is continuing to help. It's just growing day on day, really. I mean, it's lovely in the nicest possible way. It's lovely to meet so many uh, people. Um, We've got amazing volunteers. We're up to 120 now. Uh, And the people that we're helping are super lovely. Uh, So it's nice to meet them as well. Um, But yeah, it just grows day on day on day, really. Yesterday, we had to go out and buy a new cooker for somebody. Uh, We had to move a microwave off a tall shelf because the lady couldn't uh, get to her microwave. Uh, We've checked up on people who uh, have been out of contact and they're they're worried about relatives. Uh, We've found uh, dog food. We've sourced some rabbit food for somebody. We're doing shopping, dog walking, uh, post office deliveries. We are collecting uh, lots of prescriptions uh, from all of our pharmacies here in uh, Sherborne and Yeovil. Uh, we are doing uh, book deliveries and DVD deliveries. Uh, you name it, we get the weirdest requests and there hasn't been one that we haven't managed to uh, accommodate yet, which is great. And you're covering quite a wide age range of people. We are. Our oldest person was 101 and she was so proud to tell me she was 101. But she was slightly miffed because her uh, her great niece had asked her to stay in. <laughs> so uh, and she didn't really want to because at 101, well, she thought that she would be just fine. Will you be able to operate the kitchen over Easter? Yeah, we've uh, got a big delivery on Friday. So Friday we're delivering uh, Easter Friday food uh, and then uh, chilled food uh, to cover the weekend. So we've got over 400 items going out on Friday, which is just incredible. And you had a a specific appeal for Easter. Oh, yes, please. Um, I think there are going to be a lot of people missing relatives and friends and the usual Easter get-togethers. So we would like to just put a little smile on people's faces, if that's possible. Um, Just a plea for Easter eggs or a bunch of daffodils. Uh, just so we can pop those in the boxes on Friday morning would be amazing. Uh, so if those could be delivered to two, number two Westbury, opposite the pastime shop, uh, then we will make sure that those go out in people's uh, Easter boxes on Friday. And when, when last we spoke, that you were raising money on a GoFundMe appeal uh, for yes, the community we kitchen. You'd set a target of £5,000. How's that going? Uh, amazing. We're at £6,000 already. Uh, we've changed our target to £10,000 um, because we're now doing 
350 meals uh, a week. Um, so we want to be able to keep that going for as long as possible. I genuinely don't believe we're going to be out of lockdown next next week. I think we'll be continuing for some time to come. Um, so um, the GoFundMe page is still live. And even if it's just a pound, it helps towards uh, a warm meal for a vulnerable person here in Sherbourne uh, or in the surrounding villages. And it's really gratefully received. And you're not just helping the people who you're providing the food for, you're actually using local suppliers, so that's helping them absolutely. with their business at this, this yeah, critical absolutely. time. Yeah, absolutely. I can, Mr Parsons the Butcher, uh, they have just been incredible. Um, we had, uh, they made us some sausages uh, that went out, and I've never had so many people contact us and tell us how delicious their dinner had been. I was absolutely thrilled. Um, but yeah, absolutely, we've got to look after our local businesses, so we're using local suppliers, uh, our eggs are local, our meat is all local, we're using our local grocer for our vegetable supplies, we're using hunts for some of the other dried goods, things like pasta and rice that we're using, and we had an incredible donation from a business that's yet to open in Sherbourne, uh, a delicatessen called Ingredients. Uh, they're moving in just next to Lloyd's Bank. Uh, and sadly, they weren't able to open as anticipated because of the uh, lockdown. Uh, so they donated their stock to us yesterday and uh, that is going to be in people's meals this week. So and they're incredibly lucky, actually. There was lots of lovely things donated. And if you want to donate to the Sherbourne Community Kitchen, go to gofundme.co.uk. Now, with some fine weather coming up, how about settling down in the garden with a good book? You can't browse the shelves in a bookshop for now, but Winstone's in Sherbourne is still busy as founder Wayne Winstone copes with the demand from orders online and over the phone. We opened Sherbourne in 2012 and Sidmouth 2014 and Froome in 2016. Uh, what I want to achieve is to have um, a range of books carefully curated and completely targeted towards the, the, the local town so it wouldn't be uh, like a range that you have in a chain bookstore it's it's re reflective of people's tastes what people are asking for and what people would like to see in the shop so that was the the idea to start with so the th three shops are closed uh the phones from the other two shops and the emails are forwarded to this shop so we had taken orders from, from East Devon and Somerset as well as the, the uh, town here as well. And, it, and it's busy. Um, it's busy largely because I'm in, I'm in the shop on my own where we, where we would normally have two people. But, but the phones are going all day and um, we're helping people keep sane so, and, keep, and keep, to, to be entertained as well as. So people still want to read? They do do want to read, and and the range of books that they uh, would like is quite diverse. So it's it's home learning titles for the young young ones, uh, novels. The Hilary Mantel has been selling extremely well. That's long enough to keep people busy for the uh, duration. Yes, and some brave souls are, are starting with, with the first book, and each each title is about eight hundred pages each, and there's three in the series. So that is shows a lot of staying power, I think. We're we're offering uh, access to around five hundred thousand books, 
so we're we're able to to um, fulfill fill most orders. It's it's harder with with, with the small presses because they they are run on uh, a team of about seven or eight people, so it's much harder for for those those people to to to, to be open. So it's um largely that the larger operators like HarperCollins, uh, Shirt and so forth that are, are still up and running. How do people order books from you now then at the moment? Well, you can you can order through email or, or give us a call. And um, we're, we're also posting a, um, purchasing ideas on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram because new titles are still coming through. And um, some some people can pick up from the shop as well if they if they happen to be in town. So we do that by leaving the book outside. So so they tap on the window and then we um, hand the, hand the book to them. So 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 we keep our social distancing. And have you got any recommendations that people should be reading while they're staying well, in this over the Easter Bank holiday? If you if you're in for the long haul, obviously. It, Hilary Mantel, uh, the the Wolf Hall, which was the first book, and then Bring Up the Bodies, the second, and Mirror and the Light. That's going to keep you busy for quite some time. Uh, a book that I've enjoyed really well is um, re, re, uh, is called American Dirt, and it's it's about the flight of a, a mother and child from the cartels and uh, in Acapulco, and it's they they fl- they flight across the country hit into the states and that's a really really good read uh there's also um a local lady called armin Aldair who's written a new book called the mayflower marriage and uh that's 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 been doing doing rather well i haven't read it but i'm told, told it's good have you I, found that uh, parents are coming into or getting in touch because they want books for their kids to keep them occupied Yes, I mean across across the trade, home learning titles have been uh, the biggest sellers because uh, the schools looks looks like they're they're going to be out until October, and and parents obviously want to keep up the educational needs of the of their children. So um, home learning from reading, writing skills to to maths have been doing well, and we we have all those. Winstone's Bookshop is at the top of Cheap Street. You can order online at winstonebooks.co.uk or call the shop on 01935 816 128. For daily updates on the latest coronavirus developments locally, subscribe to our daily Sherborne in 60 Seconds episodes wherever you get your podcasts or follow us each evening on Facebook, Twitter or subscribe on YouTube. You can get the latest news and interviews on BBC Radio Solent's Breakfast Show for Dorset with Steve Harris. And listen to local station Abbey 104 special information shows at lunchtime on Tuesdays and Thursdays with Terry Bennett and Sue Hill. Even though it's the long Easter weekend, stay at home, only go out for essential shopping or exercise and continue to wash your hands often. Remember, supermarkets will have changed their opening hours this weekend and they'll be closed on Easter Sunday. Sherborne Coping with COVID-19 was produced with Madeline Pollard. The Sherborne Podcast is a Red Mike production for Brookmore Media.